Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Community Engagement Podcast. I'm Gary Bryson and joining me today is Jodie McFarlane, who is commonly known in our local community as Head Elf. Uh, and she she's from an organisation by the name of Night Before Christmas. Sitting after the show, I'll have Heather joining me to ask some questions about volunteering. Just before we start, Jody, I just want to say a big thank you to you for joining me today and taking the time to join in on the podcast. I know you're an exceptionally busy woman. Are you feeling you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad to be doing the podcast because it's uh, good to get the word out there about the charity. So Good stuff, and that's what we're here for, to promote your organisation and, and let people know exactly what you do and just how much time and effort you do actually put into the organisation itself because I am aware that, you know, even from talking to you just briefly in the past, that you spend a heck of a lot of time, not just you, but your family as well. And it's it's an absolute amazing effort that you put into what you do. If, if we can just start off by talking about the organisation itself. Night Before Christmas, how long has it actually been in existence and how did it actually start? Well, it actually started back in 2015, so basically from... What, what I always like to commonly term is one random act of kindness. So my daughter Tegan was 12 at the time and um, every Christmas we had always, Christmas had been special for us and we had always had like on Christmas Eve new pyjamas, hot chocolate, you know, we teddy bear. It had been a tradition that my mum had it had always done for us. So Christmas was magical. And so I made sure that for Tegan um, that was a magical time as well. And she asked me, mum, do all children have a magical time at Christmas? Uh, just like me and I said well not not every child is as lucky as you Tegan and and she was quite devastated by this she was like what do you mean and I said well not every child is as lucky as you so she asked if we could help some other children so basically some strangers Um, and we did we did at the time it was shoeboxes and it was for a local food bank and we took down a probably approximately about 90 shoeboxes to that local um food bank and actually it was myself and my mum Isabel McFarlane and and my daughter and we we coaxed in some friends and some um, family and uh, get such a great feeling everywhere. we get such a big buzz and I was like oh this is great and knowing that we'd maybe put a smile on a child's face you know we'd, we'd never get to know if we had or not but we'd maybe put a smile on a child's face it kind of grew from there so the shoe boxes um we decided that sometimes it was kind of hard because you get smaller shoe boxes you get bigger shoe boxes so each child was going to get a different size um so now um, fast forward, this is a nine-year point. Um, this is our ninth campaign and um, we do it as bags. So we call it Red Bags Full of Joy. And um, that, again, was a a term that was coined by one of our elves, one of our volunteers. So um, we call it Red Bags Full of Joy. And we last year managed to help 6,840 um, children and vulnerable adults in, in southwest Scotland. So that's a massive amount. Yeah, from ninety to that, right? Yeah. That's that's just phenomenal work. So, who was the actual diving force behind it? Then was it yourself? So it was myself and my mum. Um, and I think we've just I've been brought up um in a household where kind of kindness is is you know kindness is there as being the mainstay of the family. We were always involved in lots of things within the community. My my parents always made sure we didn't have much growing up we we didn't have much but they always made sure we were made to feel special things like christmas time was a special time so for me knowing that um there are families out there that were the same as what what i was when as a child but maybe particularly in the close living crisis they're not getting a chance to have that magic to have that christmas that great kind of feeling 
I really wanted to do something and my mum is just like she's like superwoman she is honestly my hero at times she's like superwoman so she um we'd said can we do it together and we're like yes and we ended up friends of ours um Gail and Taylor from Paisley they helped us at the start initially with it as well and it was really good they were a great um great help great driving force particularly in the Paisley area and it then kind of just took off with volunteers and people saw what we're doing we asked friends and family would you like to kind of come on board and we're now sitting at over 100 volunteers, so it's a, it's fantastic. It's a great team. We just love it. We're, we're all very passionate about it. Really? So, I mean, you mentioned there that, you, you know, you have the red bag uh, drop-off at Christmas time. I know that you do a heck of a lot more than just the red bag drop-off. What, what other services are that you're offering here? So, one of, one of the things that we did when we had a place in here, High Street, and people were giving us, particularly during the pandemic, people were giving us second-hand toys and there's no second-hand stuff because out in the red bags it's all brand new but we we didn't want to put these to landfill I'm like what will we do with them you know these are really good toys and really good clothes we decided to have a wee shop with a wee window shop and then we opened up a shop so I've got a team um, that's manned by one of our elves Karen and it's we have a team of elves working within this baby to teen shop in here which is all second-hand stuff it's beautiful the women have it like amazing a uh, Karen's mum uh, Wilma and some of the other ladies in there are just absolutely fantastic. Have it sitting beautiful, and we managed to so all the all the money we make from the secondhand clothes goes back into back into the red bags full of joy appeal. And one of the things we did a couple of years ago, one of the school teachers had told us a really sad story, and that kind of broke my heart about a young girl who had went to a Christmas party. She'd been asked to put on her best outfit and just turned up in a school uniform, which had been donated to her. So. Again, we do lots of things where we'll um, give like dresses, party wear to local schools. We give warm jackets so that if a child turns up at school without a jacket. So these are second hand as well, but they're in very good condition. Um, we give Christmas jumpers, for example, Halloween outfits. So lots of different things. And it's um, it's nice to see that the, the campaign started off as a Christmas campaign where we could literally just come in the month of... November, we could start thinking about it. We could go, yeah, that's you. We'll get these things all sorted. Now we literally get two weeks off in January, and then I have my angel of women um, that are in the place where we are just now, in Ambank Village Hall, and they are packing from January all the way through to December. We have a storage unit outside which is filled with hundreds of packages all ready to go, just ready to put the big toys in the chocolate. Um, so we have, yeah, Liz and Morag and Faye and a couple of the other women who come up and kind of help them throughout the week. They're up three, three, four times a week up here packing, and they are absolute angels. They enjoy doing it. You know, they, if they didn't enjoy doing it, I don't think they'd be up here, but they enjoy doing it. And for me, certainly, and my mum and leading the charity, that's what we needed. We need the volunteers within the charity who are able to say, well, I'll take, you know, I'll take on that. What I call it is a superpower. I say everybody's got a superpower. My superpower is talking because I can talk the hind legs of a donkey. So that's my superpower is talking. Um, but everybody's got a superpower. So a lot of our women are good organisers. We have a couple of other women that will go out and do like talks to schools. We have a couple of the girls that go out and do mascots. I've got Kenny, my driver, who is um, is kind of head of the kind of transportation side of things for getting things out, they put the red bags out. So everybody's got a superpower. And for me and my mum, it's just a matter of trying to find out what that superpower is get it out of them and then use it to our best advantage in the charity, you know, and just say, this is what you're good at. And the thing that we've found is if we bring out the superpower of that volunteer, then they just love doing it. It does. It's not 
it's not a chore to them you know they'll come in they'll, they'll spend lots of time doing it and they just revel in it so for us it's like dig out people's superpower and then you, you, you they'll stay with you forever so uh, this is what we this is what we're hoping that we're doing well it's, it's just a joy it's just a joy to work with such kind-hearted people it really really is it's uh, it, it motivates me and my mum every day and uh, my mum has actually got ms so again that's why i think she is a superwoman and she still manages to get her bed she does all the the buying of the products and different things she's a whiz kid on the computer so for for me it's it's just, I'm glad to be doing it alongside my mum. I'm glad to be doing it alongside my daughter. It's a very much a family thing, but then we're friends have became family because they look the real family. <laughs> now, you mentioned there that you've got premises here at Unbike itself in the community centre. How, how did that come about? Because I remember we're sitting in the building just now and it's a fantastic building. It's, it's a cracking size inside. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing building. I mean, and I, I'm born and bred in Unbike, so we the village hall has been part of our lives for like forever we did have premises we worked out of um storage rooms in here where we had to wear fingerless gloves it was that cold it wasn't a good place for us at all where we thought we we're going to get frostbite um we've had another premises which didn't work out and then when we heard they were actually going to be knocking down our bank village hall so we were asked to um to see if we would form a group that could take over the village so actually we ahead the Anbank community association which basically runs a hall so from this hall we have karate in it musical theater over 60s club pilates yoga a mental health group um having a bible class um just started in here so we have lots of things within the village hall and in the month of december it all shuts down and we turn it into it basically becomes like a santa's grotto so out of here last year £342,000 worth of donations came out the door of this wee village hall and went across the whole southwest of Scotland. So it is, it's kind of all hands on deck the month of December uh, and just getting things out. Social workers come in for help, teachers come in for help and people get referred via these bodies, these trusted bodies. And um, we, we literally, yeah, we rely. Businesses come in and help us, uh, help with the transportation as well. So we have a lot of help from local businesses and just local people want to do a bit of good our thing at the start was about changing a mindset so we said from the one random act of kindness change a mindset so that at christmas time what lots of people do now instead of um doing a secret santa in the workplace they'll donate tonight before christmas campaign so for example in my workplace i was always getting gobstoppers for my christmas uh, secret santa at uh, 24 years I've been in the job and the gobstoppers have never shut me up yet so for me it's like don't spend your money on a gobstopper get a toy and put it into the Christmas campaign so that's what we've um, what we've tried to do with a lot of businesses a lot of school supporters because obviously in turn we support them we support the children within the schools and we have a lot of big businesses coming on um, to to get on board and again about changing the mindset so that at Christmas time we wanted to become a Christmas tradition that people go out with their child with their grandchild with their their partners and whoever and say right i am going to get stuff and this is going to do a bag for whatever you know and we always say to people name the child that you're going to do so if you've got like a you know a six-year-old girl that you've got in mind say right well that girl's called katie what would katie like and honestly the amount of donations that we get and the just the actual toys themselves are just unbelievable because we don't just do the bags we also do christmas whole christmases for families so last year we helped i think it was over 200 families and that was with things like bikes gift vouchers so that was the bags are about 50 pound approximately 50 pound worth of uh, items in each bag but the actual whole christmases 
you could be talking up to £200 um, that's going out to families. And this is families that are in dire need that are not, that Santa is not coming to, that they will, um, their families, a lot of families are suffering mental health, um, with, with mental health problems just because of the fact that they can't, that they feel as though they're feeling their children. So that's where we like to think we step in. Under the kind of cover of darkness, elves are working under the cover of darkness. Nobody knows it's came from us. We don't advertise and say, oh, here's the night before Christmas, come to your house and you're getting, you know, yeah. we've got a silver van there. It's not it's not marked up or anything. And we'll do it when the kids are at school. We give them the wrapping paper and all we do is we ask them to hide them until they're, they're able to wrap them up for their kids. So that they as well, the parents can get the joy of obviously wrapping the presents up for the kids, yeah. knowing that the kids on Christmas morning are, are going to be excited. So mm-hmm. it's... Um, you know, it gives us such a great feeling. We get such a great buzz off it. But we we, we need to because we're working all year round to get. But the village hall is ideal for that. So we call it Elf HQ. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely to all the volunteers, that's what it's known as Elf HQ. And we have a lot of, we have our meetings in here. We have different events. We've got a, um, a launch day. We always launch at the end of August. And I know that sounds like people are going, oh my goodness, nobody wants this week about Christmas end of August. But for us, we need to, we need to get into, we need to get the drop-off points ready. We need to make sure we're into the school so they know that they're referring the kids. Because although we do work up till Christmas Eve and we have every single year worked up to Christmas Eve, we're the only kind of charity, Christmas charity that does that and we'll take referrals, emergency ones right up until then. But we need to have, we need to have that balance where we've got the balance between our home life and our volunteering. So, um, but my mother half just has to come up here to help me so I get to see me. But it's good. It's, it is very good. And the hall is ideal for us, the ideal space for us. The one thing I've picked up on straight away when you're telling me, you know, everything you've had by there is it's a community hall that you've taken on, but it still is very much a community. Yes, yes. You know, though you've got lots of organisations using it. I'm, I'm assuming it's open basically day and night and even the weekends, depending. Yeah, so people people book through. There's parties, there's... Oh, 40th birthday parties, it was an 18th birthday party on Friday night. So there's lots of, um, there's been weddings in here. We've got a lovely outdoor space as well that we managed to um, get a grant for last year and we turned it into, we've got what I like to call the gin shed. I've had one gin in it because <laughs> I'm still calling it the gin shed and I hope that it will be used for that. And uh, we have a main shed that we've started uh, working on and that's already been kitted out by Kenny, who's our driver, but also my go-to man for everything else. And, um, we have in there we've got like a workspace and a barrier as well so like a workspace but just a place where men can kind of go and yeah. they want to play dominoes or they want to so we're hoping this year we're hoping to kind of get that finished and get that up and running so that the space can be used um utilized outside because it's glo- on it's not as good day to day but on a glorious sunny day it's absolutely amazing out the back door yeah the idea of having a, a men's shed really mm-hmm. yeah yeah so idea yeah, but I, I know you don't have staff as such here, and you've mentioned volunteers. But who's what, what is the nucleus of the organisations? Obviously, you, you mentioned your mum. I, I know you mentioned divers there as well. Who are we classing as as sort of non volunteers? As I say, you've got your elves who are your volunteers. Mm-hmm. You're all volunteers <laughs> realistically, but who's who's actually sort of running the organisation then? Yourself, your mum, me and mum, <laughs> me, so, me, me and mum, and um, we have. There's, there's a kind of main core team. So there's a yeah. main core team um, and the main core team's with, so myself, m- my mum, um, we've got our friends, Maggie, Louise, Carl, Liz, Kenny and Natalie and Lisa Marie and we kind of all just um, 
some people are better at other things. We've got a lady um, new. She does our, our accounts for us and different things. So everybody, as I see, brings brings in what they've got to the team. So we have like main core meetings with the kind of main team or main core decisions. We have like a, a messenger group and we bounce off each other. Um, as I see, Khan runs the baby to teen. So that runs on, on its on its own. That's the, you've got a very, very good kind of team there. Um, Natalie helps with trying to get the funding stream in. Um, trying to get his funds which are hard to get these days I think everybody's trying to get funds but and then we have the all the other um, girls we're all involved in the fundraising that we have to do throughout the year um, in order that we can sustain the charity because if we didn't do we can't just rely on the funding we need to rely on us doing the fundraising and also other businesses and schools do a lot of fundraising for us cricket clubs bowling clubs there's lots of people will just step in and, and luckily do fundraising for us which is amazing because to be honest, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't exist. We wouldn't exist. Do you know, it's it's one of the things here, just because you've mentioned funding there, I'll move on to it. We save it for a bit later on. But when you're talking about funding, you've, you've said there, for instance, that you struggle with funding. So so where does the majority of your funding come from? Is it donations from from like, like people that, are, that know the organisation that live in the local area? Or are you still able to apply for funding? And- no, well, we're still able to apply Um the problem that we have is that we don't have any paid um, volunteers, so we we've got no paid. So it's kind of hard as well to to do that. But we we apply for funding. We're quite good. South Eastern Council were really good with us last year, um, and we got two lots of funding off them. I think it was nine grand and seven grand, and that was really really good. But what we what we try to do is lots of people and lots of individuals do fund fundraising. We have kids that do fundraising things for us, you know basketball hoop dunks things like that we have fundraising within schools where teachers decorate their doors so all those 100 200 pounds they all make a huge difference to us we have the kilt walk we do every year and stagecoach were great this year they supplied the buses to us and a lot of their staff um did it so we had 47 elves i think walking the kilt walk this year yeah. plenty of more plenty of uh, we have over 100 next year if possible <laughs> and um we're launched in august the 27th that's always quite a good fundraiser Heads of Air Farm Park were um, Elf Sarah, who is the manager up there. She um, has a Christmas in July day, so we had that on Wednesday. Again, that's another good fundraiser for us. So we just kind of try, anytime we see funding coming up, funding streams, we just like, right, we'll try and apply for that. We've had many notebacks, many, many notebacks. Um, Natalie, who does a lot of the paperwork for us in relation to that, we, we're trying not to get ourselves down with the, um, the knockbacks because we then relish when it comes in and they say, oh, you've got some funding. But what we don't want to, we rely heavily on um, individuals giving us the donations. We we like people to go out and buy the stuff because they know then that that's where it's going. Some kids going to get that, so that's a big part of it. But for us, we have insurances to pay. You know, we have um, mileage to pay for volunteers. We have volunteers coming from far and wide too. So we we need to. Although it's a although it's a charity, we need to look at it because it's so big now. Is having a business head on as well and saying right, we need to make sure that every year. We have these fundraising streams that can come in, so that's why the kilt walk's a big one for us. Um, Heads of Beard Farm Park and we're launch day, and if we have those three, and then just on top of them have the other people helping us. So we're very lucky to be surrounded by lots of people who go out to their workplaces. And I mean, last Christmas was amazing. The amount of we had gyms doing things for us, we had um, big factories doing you know fundraising things for us. They would be selling you know selling cakes and just just doing various things in order to help us because 
they know and the majority of them that have come up and seen us particularly here at Christmas time are like no we need to help you you know so when they see it when they hear some of the stories that we have that we've had to deal with in the past like no we need we need to we need to help so we always say I always say kindness is contagious and once someone has that bit of kindness and then talks to their friends about it they always I'd like to do that so I'm glad that kindness is contagious because it means then charities like ourselves survive because otherwise we would not be able to survive and not be able to survive without the help of just kind-hearted people. Yeah, and I think you're right. You know, I mean, you mentioned there that that the amount of funding that you get through applications is minimal, <laughs> and the amount of knockbacks you've had. So you're just touching on that is when it comes to actually applying for for funding. I, th- I think you said it was it was one of your colleagues uh, that that does that that application. Um, is there anything you can think of that you could give us a piece of advice when applying for funding? Things to avoid doing, or things that you've really got to to do it you know to, to sort of help secure that funding well statistics are good um so we didn't at the start i must admit we were just helping people and we weren't really counting what we were helping but we were just like right oh this person's came to us and um then when we came down to applying for funding like how many people did you help last year we're like oh don't really you know i'll need to go back and check so for us it was about statistics so that's why when I when I count it up and we look at it in monetary value, particularly if we're saying each bag is like fifty pounds worth. So when you're going for funding, when we're going for funding, we're saying, well, you know, five hundred pound would be X amount of bags, uh-huh. you know. So that and, and have it like that, or have it for a particular, um, obviously our particular project is the, the red bags full of joy. So we kind of have to narrow it down and say, well, this is what we need it for. And if we're saying, well, this amount of funding will provide help to these amount of people, then that's good for us, but statistics, and that's the hard part, the paperwork side of it, if it was only about going and making up the bags, and it, oh, it would be absolutely be easy as easy as pie, but in the background, the paperwork is like a mountain high, you know, it's really as a mountain high, so um, doing that, but trying to kind of have a good system um, in place, so we're, every year we're learning, so every year we're saying, right, well, we need to do this better, this year we're coming up with a better referral form, which will come into us a bit easier, but if you can imagine, we have the website um to to kind of look at which is getting done bishop briggs school of music they're taking that one this year for us and they're going to do the website so that takes out hassle off us yeah. um and they're going to do our leaflets as well so again that's a big right. thing because for us it's about getting so again then that's a a cost to us so they're taking that cost on um and for us it's just about it's about seeing what people can help us with there's lots of people who will come and say well i can help you but I don't know how to help you and when we're looking at it as a funding as well like to see your in-kind help so they like to see that you've actually got um so for example the leaflets are, are um, been sourced uh, by the Bishopric School of Music they like to see that they like to see that you've actively went out and sought help or tried to get a reduction in things so throughout the year what we do is um we buy things at the most at the cheapest of prices so mum for example three pounds pyjamas she'll look online at Christmas time you're talking £15 a set of pyjamas so if you can get them in the sales which our women work in a wee dream team in here they go out and if they, they see stationery in the sales you'll see down beside you there is pencil cases yeah. we have a big thing about pencil cases they've got to be a certain amount of pencils in them and they must have a rubber and a sharpener yeah. and this the women are passionate about doing these bags they want to make sure that say for example two sisters are getting a bag that's going to be the same it's going to be the same stuff in that bag so it's not going to be any um, you know, gunning because one's got a better bag than the other. They're exactly the same, yeah. and um, we we have like we make sure there's toiletries in it, toothpaste, child smells a big um, help for us as well. So they provide us with toothpaste, toothbrushes, 
and it's just the funding side of things I think it's about if you can say like for example the we're getting help with the leaflets we're getting help with the toothbrushes and you can actually say that within your funding and you can the figures is a big thing so Natalie as I say she's very very good at applying for the funding for us and um she's very good with the words I I, I would just blare their own in a funding like she's very good with the, with the wording of it and I think one of the, one of the, the things I'm picking up from that as well is that realistically anyone that's applying for funding is really doing it like a year in retrospect yes because they've got to have done what they're you know what they're trying to show that they're, you know what they're claiming for for the following year mm-hmm. so it's, yeah I, I can understand how you, you really need to to keep records and and time monitor exactly everything that you're doing so you can put that detail on those those application forms. And, it, you know, there's a couple of things I picked up there as well that it, it just shows how far-reaching your organisation is as well because you, you're here, sure, but you're working with uh, an organisation which is in Eastern Bartonshire, mm-hmm. uh, being the Bishop Bridge School of Music. So the Bishop, yeah, so the Bishop Bridge School of Music, and they, they, well, they actually stay in Anbeck, that's where we've got, so they stay in Anbeck, right. and they have the East School of Music, right. but we, we have, I mean, we cover with the charity, because the charity covers the south-west of Scotland, so we cover all the way down to Dumfries and Galloway, so we help all the way down there, we cover up to the other side of Glasgow, we have lots of big, uh, big firms, um, so we've got Jaguar and things like that up in Glasgow, who yeah. will do the drop-off points for us, we're always desperate for drop-off points, because people want to help but they don't know where to take the things to. So every year we have a map, and I think last year we had about 60 drop-off points across the southwest of Scotland, but we're always desperate. So I've actually got the Police and You Division this year. We have got, we're going to have drop-off points in all the police stations as well. So that's going to be great. And again, every year it's just about learning. We, we can, uh, although we're based in South Ayrshire, we obviously help all the Ayrshires, and we did last year the Command Night Sleigh Team, Santa Sleigh Team. We went a, a friend of mine's that um that runs it, Craig, and he does it. He did it for a different charity every year, but he's obviously one of my elves. So he has actually said, "Can we do it every year for um, night before Christmas campaign?" It ties in well, and that's just a great. Again, it's a great opportunity for our volunteers to get out there. You know, shaking their buckets, jingling their, you know, jingling their jangle sticks, and going about and um, going about and actually, we go round about with Santa Slee. And just to see the kids when we go around about all the command, like it's great because Santa's up there, you know, wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. We go around about dressed in character often and it's just a bit of fun. It's again some for our volunteers to do, some for our young volunteers can get involved in. Um both young and old can get involved in it. But it is a it's just about trying to we we don't want to be like doing something and then someone else is doing it so, so we're joining up with different with different people that are doing the same type of thing as us so for example in Troon they have the Micah project which is great which works at the church in Troon but they were doing similar thing um, similar thing as in helping at Christmas so we've joined up and they will give a bag full of second hand clothes it's a fantastic bag and we'll give a red bag full of joy so they'll get they'll put the referral into us so again it's about linking up with people who are doing the same as us and then let's say let's all work together let's all work together to actually make sure that kids get this special time at Christmas but as well because we work with vulnerable adults we come across lots of people uh, particularly the last couple of years with mental health issues where um, we've, we've been referred by social workers by police to say you know this person is really struggling um, in fact I just put a post on Facebook this morning about it um, about um, a fellow had taken his own life um, because he uh, he was in dire straits money wise and he couldn't afford a Christmas and this is the one thing, this is us, about, we try to get out to people, we are here to help. You know, there's very, very few people that I will turn away. I think I've turned away one in the time that went and it was because they were just at it. <laughs> but um, the rest of people come through, social workers, people contact us through 
our social media and then we often we'll refer them to the social worker in their ear or the school teacher and all the schools um, can refer into us and just send the form into us and then we'll do it via there. So often we don't get, we don't really get to meet a lot of the people because it goes out via social workers. Again, there's the kind of embarrassment thing. People don't want to ask for help, but that's what we're here for and that's what we're really passionate about. And we all, we have lots of people coming to us who are working and who are struggling, um, but are so embarrassed because they're working and, and they feel they should be able to. But as everyone knows, the cost of living crisis is hitting everybody hard. So we want to make sure that we're there for everybody that needs a bit of help. And luckily, due to our volunteers as well, who people often go to our volunteers and say, you know, can we can we ask for help? How do we ask for help? Mm-hmm. So it's great. And the more volunteers that we have, the more people we can reach out to and say, please don't be frightened to come and ask for help because that is what we're here for. And that is what we, we love doing. If we, if we ultimately can save one life by just being the charity, this charity exists, that's enough for me. That's enough for my volunteers. If we can save one life and make sure that um, that person is there for their kids, then I'm happy. You know, my job's done. I'm, that, that's that's all we want to do. So, and But also, the volunteer side of things, many of our volunteers have come back and said how helpful it has been being part of a team and not having to... Having someone have your back, you know, having someone that's looking out for you, that's checking in, saying, are you okay? You know, do you want to come up to do this with me? Um, and that, for me, we've made... There's people I would never have met had a note in the charity. And I'm just so lucky. I'm so lucky to be surrounded by this wealth of amazing, kind-hearted people who are in the same wavelength as me. Don't think... They maybe think I'm a bit nuts, but they don't think I'm nuts all the time, but they maybe think I've got an idea and they're like, let's just cover with an idea, send it away, send it away. But who actually go along with it. And when they come up with ideas, there's, I don't think I've turned away an idea yet because the volunteers all come from different backgrounds. So they all bring something to the table. Each and every one of them brings something to the table. And um, when they come up with ideas... I love just rolling with them and saying, "Well, let's go with that. Let's see what. Let's see if we can do it." So, whether it's fundraising ideas, whether it's ideas about helping different groups of people, um, or whether it's just ideas of how we get the the word out about the charity, I will take on all their ideas and run with it and say, "Fantastic!" Because, like, mine's my mum's brains can only hold so much. You really we need other people to to come up with ideas as well. So it's very good. And I think you're right. You know, over the last couple of years. It- my family have been involved in doing charity work. You're right, the, the amount of just fantastic people you meet out, oh. the, the, the amount of organisations, you know, that are doing tremendous work that nobody knows about mm-hmm. or, you know, it's only a pocket of people know about. And that's one of the reasons why we're trying to do the podcast yes. as well is just to promote these organisations. I mean, I've got about 20 so far that have, have told me that they want to join in. And I'd, when I start to look into these organisations more and more, checking out the social media and whatnot, it always amazes me and impresses me just how much money, effort, time and dedication people are putting in to, yeah. to helping others. And it's it's true again, just like you say, people come in with ideas and we're the same. The podcast thing is just something that's developed from something else. Mm-hmm. There's there's never been any real direction with us and it just things just go off on a tangent all the time because well there's something that's really good. Well, let's get involved with that. Yeah. And it's you know, so things just develop all the time, just much like you're saying mm-hmm. with yourself. You know, you you mentioned there again, just you know, social media and and uh, your web page as well. And I know through talking to you beforehand, your web page isn't up to date just now. No, yeah. you know, mentioned there it is going to be getting updated. Yes, and so on. 
which I am so pleased to hear because we are doing so much that it just doesn't mention on that. I know, and, and I think we, we, we do a lot. I'm kind of old school, so we do a lot on Facebook, but having to get the younger ones within us to go see, right, we need to put more on Instagram and TikTok, you know, and uh, Twitter. But we don't, and, but a lot of the schools work via Twitter and that now, so we're trying... This year will be more of a push to try and get things out there. Um, on Because, for example, our mascot goes about a lot of the things. So we have the Emerald, the Elf, and Ernie the Elf go about, and the kids love it within the schools. We've been at various, we go to various fun days with it, and it's a great wee photo opportunity. The heads of Air Farm Park Day, when we did that, people were like, oh, it's Elf here, and it's like, it's just sunny. Um, so again, it's a talking point for people. Yeah. And um, we re- we're really bad. We have been really, really bad at, we just kind of do the things and we don't shout about it and then we get told off of people saying you know you're doing such great stuff you need to be shouting more about it and we're like yeah we don't really have the time to shout but you know <laughs> so we are trying to get so much better with that um, because we do know social medias in fact someone was talking to me the other day about reels and I know for myself I'll scroll through a reels yeah. and I'll be like oh that's a good reel so we're trying to kind of do that where things will well, a bit like what you're saying yourself with the podcast it's just about getting the word out there because we are a very we're a very small chat we don't have any um you know, as I say, any paid members, we're all volunteers, we all do it in, in our spare time um, that we have. So for us, it's about make the most of that and make sure that we get that out there and, and feed that out to people that that's what we're doing. But yeah, it is, it is hard. We don't often like to blow our own trumpet sometimes if we get, we're like, oh, I don't want to put that on because fuck people. But really, it's, uh, it's about if we are then explaining to people what we do, we can then help more people because then they find out about us. So it's about doing that and getting more people on board, more businesses on board. When you look at the amount of businesses and schools we've got across the southwest of Scotland, like if even a quarter of those helped us, it would just be amazing. At the moment, we're sitting at 6,700 or something likes on our Facebook page. So if each person just donated one toy, that would, you know, that would be enough to. We have the Amazon wish list as well. So we have people, we have family and friends in England and we have family and friends abroad who will donate via that. It comes straight to my home's house and back. So the wee guy that delivers them in at Christmas time, we can't get in the front door um, because of all the stuff that's been delivered. So it's, it's you know, that's fantastic because yeah. people that maybe aren't local can still help and they can actually go on and physically pick the things that we say we're running out of. So we always keep that updated with what we need. So running up to Christmas last year, people forget about wee boys. So we had like from age eight plus, we're totally running out of jammies or totally running out of toys for them. So then we put that onto our Amazon wish list and then it, you know, we, we put out an appeal and then it comes. So that's good from that point of view. So we do try and use the different outlets that we can to get the donations in to us. Um, but we're just learning every year. Yeah. We, we, even though we're, we're nine years in, I still feel we're in our infancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just trying to get things right. Each year we will take the volunteers and we'll say to them, what can we improve upon? What can we do? What what well? What can we improve upon? Yeah. And uh, just do baby steps with it. Try to make it work. Yeah. As you know, you mentioned that, again that the web page is, is getting updated and it's it's great having a web page but it is hard to keep on top of yes. social media such as your Facebook and your you know, your Instagram it can be instant in what's happening tomorrow or the next week yeah. or the next month. And it is a lot easier, but it is a lot of work still as well. And I, I know how much you know, my, my wife deals with Heather's social media. She does her Facebook pages and we don't have half the amount of stuff that you have going on. And it's a good way. John, one of our elves, who's Natalie's husband, actually, he made the um, web page, and it's a great web page, as in the fact that it's got everything that we need in there. But what we're what we're hoping to do um, with the Bishop of School of Music, Air School of Music, um, Paul and Ross are working on it right now. The guys from there and there, 
they will hopefully be doing it where we have like a volunteer page as well so people can go in and say right how can I volunteer and what's involved what's involved in the volunteering um and just spotlight on some volunteers as well that's a big thing for me I want to be able to spotlight some of the volunteers that we have and you know do it where it's maybe like spotlight one month and someone and, and kind of just explaining their story how they came to be about how they came to um be involved in the charity and um what they get out of the charity so for us that's really important it's really important for me that we keep the this kind of stars that we have you know and get more stars in but keep the stars that we have because they are the glue that holds it all together yeah, yeah my mum and me are the driving force behind it but without a shadow of a doubt it would not not be what it is without the volunteers that we have and you know they're giving up so much of their time so much of their effort some of them are living and breathing christmas i see it was like snot and tinsel sometimes this <laughs> <laughs> is exactly what we're doing um, but it is a you know it's a joy to then be about these people with the same kind of mindset as yourself yeah just just looking at your, yourself and uh if we go back to when you were younger <laughs> you know not that we're seeing your old because so when you were younger, were you involved in any charity work back then yourself, was it? Well, we were involved in, we've always been involved in community side of things, yeah. as in the gala days within Anbank. Um, so that was kind of basically because of my mum and gran, they were always involved in that. So inadvertently, we didn't know we were involved in kind of yeah. giving help to other people, um, but we we just we just were. Um, and I think probably... Like I've, because being brought up with having that kindness at the core of whatever it was that we did, it kind of fell naturally to us that that's what we would that's what we would kind of do. It wasn't it's not seen as a a chore for us to kind of say right, well let's do let's do some good because it's always something that we have done. We've always been quite passionate about if things come up, um, even within the charity things come up like Kincaidston when they had the explosion at Kincaidston immediately we heard about it and. We were on a group chat and I said to the girls, right, let's get into the hall, let's get some clothes, let's get baby bottles, let's get stuff down, they'll be going to a, a, a local community centre probably. And we did that Ukrainian crisis. When that happened, we managed to um, we managed to get lots of donations. I mean, lots. we became a hub for that. And then we managed to help get two big trucks out to Ukraine. So different things, although it's not, although the charity is this red bags full of joy, because we've already got this ready set group of people who are willing to help, then when things like that just do come up in the community, we do kind of tend to just jump on it and say, right, we'll help. We've got a team, we'll help. And, and, and you know, it's funny that the majority of organisations I talk to are much like yourself, that there's been an event or something that's happened that's that's driven them or, or led them into doing what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you're, you're very much like that. You know, there's, there's been a, an event that's happened and it's, it's 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 just started pushing you in this direction, and it's just exploded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, as I said, there, there seems to be so many like that. I, I think a lot of us get into charity work sort of subconsciously, yes, without thinking, and then it does sort of just seem to drag you in, yeah, uh, which is great, you know. As I say, the more the more you do it, the more you're around people that are like minded, and it's that it is just fantastic, and it is obviously one of the things we're looking to try and promote as well as volunteer work, yes. And I know, obviously, you get lots of volunteers, <laughs> and I will bring my daughter in a little bit later on to, to ask you a question specifically on volunteering, uh, because you have so much going on there, it's just incredible again. <laughs> um, you have got a little bit of stuff here with volunteers, for instance, uh, all doing different sorts of things. Is there any training that they require? 
the the actual filling of the red bags that is a big thing for us because we are a bit pernickety about what we have going so for example under threes aren't allowed any teddy bears with glass eyes um, yes. people donate stuff and sometimes they don't understand like their their 15 year old boy might be shaving so they'll put in razors because they put in toiletries, but yeah. we can't give out the razors. So there's very much, um, come Christmas time when it is the, the red bag side of things for packing, then we do, we, we are like, right, okay, we need to make sure. So everybody kind of gets a one-to-one. Um, we do, we've actually got training coming up. We managed to do fundraising for a deep, defib for outside the village hall. So yeah. we've got training coming up with Heart Start for um, first aid training. So that'll be, all the volunteers are invited along to that. And um, it's kind of, Within the shop, um, Karen has a, a training thing for obviously using the till and we have a lot of kids through the, the shop as well that are involved in the Duke of Edinburgh so we take a lot, we're in a lot of Duke of Edinburgh kids who'll help here and help in the shop. So again, it's good for them because they're getting the training of being involved, you know, customer service and and um, working working a till sort of thing and um, like going through the, the donations that are coming in and making see what's right, what can go out and what can't. So I think, yeah, we've got... There's training in in regards to that, but what we what we look for volunteers is just people who we don't expect people to give up loads and loads of time. You know, we we give up loads of time because it's a, we want to do that. A lot of our volunteers give up lots of time because they want to do that. But what we're just looking for is the first initial bit needs to be that people are just kind and they want to help, and then from there we take on the rest. And if they need to be trained up in certain aspects of what it is that we're doing, how we do it confidentiality is a big thing for us so there's only a few of us within the team who um, are aware of where the, where the items are going to um, and we, we're we very precious about that because it's um, we just want to make sure that that's kind of kept confidential so we have got a lot of um, training with ourselves around that we've got a long way to go with training I have to admit we've got a long way to go um, as in we could be doing so much more but we're getting there, you know. We're, we're from what we were, which was it was the the boxes were all up and down my mum's steps in our house to where we are right now. As in, we have um, we're here now. We've actually just taken a control, taken rent of three porter cabins, and we've taken over. We're working in partnership now with the South Ayrshire School Clothing Bank, which last year provided one thousand eight hundred school uniforms to kids in South Ayrshire. So we've got a We'll use one of the porter cabins for that, which means that teachers or social workers can come up and if they need um, school uniforms, they, they submit a form to us, they can come up and they can pick the school uniforms. So it's great to be able to 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 kind of get joined forces with, you know, the likes of Nicola, who does the South Ocean School Clothing Bank, join forces with her and kind of all her expertise that she's done and she's been involved with in the charity and then kind of bring it into ours. So, and we, you know, we obviously jail so well together as, as, as both the charities and... Um, Nicola didn't have a lot of volunteers whereas we did so instead of you know it was it was very difficult for her but what we've done now is we've all came together and now it's just got a new lease of life and she's managed to get quite a bit of funding through and it's great because it just means that we're then able to help so many kids school uniform is such a basic necessity need you know and but we have lots of families although there's a school clothing grants we have lots of families that don't um they don't get that but they still need that wee bit of help as well. So we kind of want to be there to kind of catch that. So it's a, yeah, it's about working together and trying to kind of, trying to all do our own wee bit to to make sure that everybody gets a bit of help. Brilliant. 
future then? What was the future for for me before? Oh. What 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 does the next twelve months hold? Is there, is there anything in particular you're aiming to try and achieve yes. at this point in time? Yes, there is. I am trying. Well, basically, we try to achieve to make Christmas special for everyone, and that's our whole goal every single year. But outside with the containers that I spoke about. I have said we'll turn it into an elf village. So it's going to be an elf village. And one of the things we're having in the middle of it is a Christmas tree. And everybody thinks I'm barking mad. And I'm like, no, we'll have a Christmas tree. We'll have a little courtyard for our volunteers. We've got a beautiful view out here um, down onto the fields. So we want, as well as being a working place for our volunteers, we want this also to be a kind of social place where they can come, they can chill, they, they know their friends are going to come up and do a bit of you know, volunteer work. So they'll come up, have a cup of tea and a cake. And if we everything is see if everything had its place and there was a container for everything i would be so much more happier inside my head now just now you do not want to see what's inside my head with all the stuff that's <laughs> that i would like to do and put into um containers so if we can get the containers what it means is we can then buy we can use the funds to the best effect by buying the stuff when it's on sale at cost price and not having to wait until december because if you can imagine over six thousand eight hundred, we have a there's just absolutely no way we would get donations in for that amount. So we do need to, throughout the year, have the, the other donations coming in. We do need to be buying stuff um, when we see it at cut-down prices. So whenever, like, Pound Stretchers or Asda Premark has a sale on, we're straight in there taking the whole, you know, we'll like, take the whole shelf. That's lots of pencil cases. We'll just be taking all of those. So, um, you know, if it's like a... We get like we phone calls, such and such has got a sale on, right? I'll be in there. But again, a lot of the stores help us. So Pre Marketing helps us, Air Central's coming on board with us this year. Um Superdrug helps us. If they have a sale on, they'll get in contact with us and say, Joe, there's gonna be a sale and we'll just go in first thing and, and kinda nab as much as we can. Because again, rather than paying fifteen pounds for a set of jammies, we'd rather pay just three pounds and mm-hmm. make the money go that wee bit further. So and the toys when we get we've lots of like the big toys like your big legos and things like that and we'll try and buy them throughout the year with funding that we get in so if we had the container spaces it would mean then we could make more of these bags up because i say the women make the bags up all throughout the year um but we could be so much more organized so that's my big goal is that we we are super organized i know it might never happen but that's my dream and again this christmas tree in the middle of the old village that's my thing well i I think it sounds absolutely fantastic they really do and I wish you luck trying to get that up in mm-hmm. and to be honest from what I've seen and, and heard from you I'm sure you will yes, get up yes, it's right. and now uh, this is leading on to the, the, the last part of the programme now I'm going to bring in my daughter Heather uh, who's going to be asking questions about volunteering opportunities within the night before Christmas the reason why Heather's involved with the podcast for those of you who have not listened to the introductory podcast Shame on you from the star. Where have you been? Hiding? It's a great podcast. Yes, why? Why haven't you listened to your podcast? The, the reason behind it is simply because Heather is uh, an ambassador for the British Citizens Award and she's just recently become an ambassador for the I Will movement as well. So part of her, her remit, if you want, is to try and promote volunteering. And that is the reason really why the podcast came about. So if you love the, po- the podcast, brilliant. That was my idea. <laughs> or do you hate the podcast? It's down here. Uh, and yeah, we, we, would, we would love to hear your comments uh, and let us know exactly what you think of the podcast. Because it's on YouTube, you've got a chance there to, to leave comments. So please do. Hit the like button if you like it. If you don't, just don't. <laughs> Hit the like button anyway. Okay, so I'll bring in, bring in Heather. Hi, my name is Heather Bryson. 
and I'm here to talk to Jodie about volunteering. Are you looking for any volunteers at the moment? Heather, we are always in the hunt for volunteers um, because without the volunteers, we definitely couldn't run the charity. So we always look for volunteers and they can get in touch by various means. They can get in touch with us via our email um, or through our Facebook pages and just ask to speak to us. So we have lots of people who throughout the year will come on board and ask us if they can volunteer. So yeah, we're always looking for volunteers. How old are your volunteers? Right, well, we're youngest is five. Youngest is five. So we, we very much are family orientated and our oldest, I think, is about 89. So we have a wide range of volunteers. We look to make sure that we have a wide range because as well, some adults like to volunteer, but they have children. So they maybe can't give it their time, but if they can bring the kids along, then they can give it their time. There's lots of things we can do with children with the, with the fundraising, things like that. So all ages. <laughs> what do you expect from a volunteer? First of all, we just expect some kindness. We just expect them to have a big dose of kindness. If they've got a big dose of kindness, that is that we are good to go. And from there on, we kind of show them the ropes. As in what it is we do, um, how we how we promote the charity. So there's lots of things that they can get involved in, but basically just to have a big heart. We just need them to have a big heart. What benefits can volunteering bring to organisations? Well, without our volunteers, we would be, we would not have an LFHQ, we would not have our baby to teen shop, we would not have the Red Bags Full of Joy um, campaign. So the benefits that volunteers bring is that it becomes a big, huge team with all, with the one same goal in mind. And for us, it's about bringing the magic to um, people at Christmas time. Do you have a standout volunteer or someone in the community that you are aware of who goes above and beyond? To be honest, Heather, they all do above and beyond. They are all amazing. Um, I, as I was speaking to your dad earlier, I will class them as everyone has a superpower. So we find that superpower. They, we we take that superpower from them and say this is how we can get involved in the charity. So for example, we have um, people who are very good at sorting out the bags. We have others that are very good at fundraising. We have others who are our mascots. Um, we have drivers. We have lots of people who basically stand out just by being them, just by being amazing. So there's not really, I, I, I can honestly hand in heart say there's not one that stands out to me because they all stand out to me. They're all amazing. Couldn't do it without them. How long do volunteers tend to stay with the organisation? Well, Heather, once the volunteers come on board, they very rarely leave um, because they enjoy it so much. So when we get them, we've had volunteers that have been with us from the very start who are still with us. And... Um, Obviously, as I was speaking to your dad, family, family don't get to leave because they're family, so they get roped in. So, uh, you know, my um, me and my mum rope in everybody. We've got um, my little sister, my other half, my um, my kids as well. They're all involved in it, and they they don't they kind of see it becomes part and parcel of their daily life to kind of be involved in the in the night before Christmas campaign. They speak about it everywhere they go. If they go to the hairdressers, the dentists, you'd be amazed at how many people we got on board because they go there and they say, have you heard about I'm an elf in the Night Before Christmas campaign? And um, they just enjoy being it. We have our own little identity. We have our own um, little team. And again, that becomes a superpower in itself because we're all joined up together as one big group, all kind of looking out for each other. So it's no, they don't tend to leave. Once they're here, we, we kind of keep them. <laughs> what do you think it is that motivates them? 
I think di- different people have got different reasons for being involved with a charity. Um, we have some people who are involved because they've had a bereavement in their family and um, they were perhaps caring for people and they've now lost them and they just want to do something with their time that's worthwhile. So we do have that within the charity. A lot of people we actually have within volunteering who we have managed to help in previous years and they want to come back into the charity to pay it forward. So we have a lot of people like that. We have a lot of young people who do the Duke of Edinburgh through us. Uh, we have, in fact, one girl, Zara, who's done a Duke of Edinburgh, but now stayed on with us. She's now part of the BBT team, uh, team in the shop. So we have lots of people who um, do, are doing it for various reasons. Everybody, I say, has got a backstory. So everybody's got a backstory that they come to us with. And um, hopefully there are times in their life that we can help them through. Some of them are suffering mental health problems. I think we all suffer from um, mental health issues. Everybody does at one stage in our life, so hopefully we feel that we can kind of be there and as a group. They've certainly got me through um, a lot of the the things that um, I've had to deal with, and as a group we hopefully get them through anything they have to deal with. So I think it's just the fact that we're kind of joined together as a big group of elves who... We're having fun with a very, very serious issue. It's a very serious issue how people are struggling. But we like to think that within our organisation, we turn that very serious issue into something that's fun for our volunteers to do, but knowing at the end of the day that they can help. So come Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, every one of my volunteers without fail will be sitting there and should be patting themselves on the back. And like me, I'm a bit of an emotional wreck come Christmas Eve and Christmas Day because I'm counting up the statistics of how many we've helped. Last Christmas, I think I cried for a full hour uh, because one out of exhaustion, but two because we managed to help so many. But um, every one of them is has that great feeling on, you know, at Christmas time to know that they've helped. Now, we might never get to know a lot of things. We don't get to know a lot of the, the people that we do help. We have some stories that we come back to see we've helped. And I think that's what keeps the volunteers going. So when I can relate to them without giving out names and I can relate to them about certain stories about individuals. We had one boy that we helped and the father had come back to tell the woman who had referred them that that night he intended on committing, committing suicide and taking his own life. But because of the elves, because she joked about it and says, oh, the elves will help you. He says, because they, we come in and helped him, they, he decided he had something to live for. So from that point of view, those stories keep us going. Those stories knowing that even out of those thousands of people that we help, if we can change a life and put someone in a different pathway and, and change in a different direction onto a better path, then that for us and for all the volunteers is enough for us. So definitely um, when we when we get the volunteers, we are talking about the kindest people in society all joining together. And a bit like what you've been doing with your volunteer work, it's about when you start doing that one thing, it becomes quite contagious, isn't it? And you want to do more and more and you yeah. find other people you want to help. So that's a bit like us. We're just, it's a kind of contagious thing. So it's a bit like having an illness. It's like having a, a given, a kindness illness, but it's the best illness to have. <laughs> Jody, that, that's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. It really has. Uh, unfortunately, we have to end it. Yeah. I, I, I know you could talk for oh, I've been quite happy to talk to you. For a read story because you've got just so much fantastic information to share with everyone. Uh, I, I'd just like to say again, you know, if anyone wants to to get in contact with Jody or Night Before Christmas, keep listening and watching the podcast because right at the end we'll put up details there for you to get in contact if you want. Please leave some comments. If you want to subscribe to the channel, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. 
Thanks very much for your time, Jodie, from me, Gary Bryce. And Heather. <laughs> thank you very much, Jodie. No problem. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Bye. Bye.